Hello and welcome to the Case Reopen Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Trace, and uh, joining me this week is the great detective of the North, Colleen. You're back. I am back. And am I the only one back? Question mark? You you are. I was going to try to pretend oh, no. to be Just or try to be <laughs> Kyle, but uh, that wasn't going to work. Yeah, so the Kyle-Justin combo. Where? What's up? They, they both don't like me now. Oh, dear. I don't think that's the case. They both have no, to work no, no. for the podcast. Yeah, we're, we're still trying to find a corporate buyer. <laughs> if you want, okay. if you want uh, Kyle to like actually show up, you can just fund, uh, fund Kyle's life so he doesn't have to work. It'll work perfectly. So if we have any rich people listening, come over. We know we have that Saudi Arabia listener, so... The Dubai gang. We'll take, we'll take the Saudi money. Um, so we're doing a two-parter today. It's actually the first, um, like, original two-parter. The rest have been manga adaptations. And this is the Ghost Ship Murder Case, episodes 61 and 62. The first part aired on June 2nd, 1997, while the second part aired a week later on June 9th. And, uh... I didn't really remember this uh, too much, but uh, I was part parts of it came back during the episode, and I, I thought this was like better than I expected. I didn't have like high expectation or, or anything, but for like an original two parter, I thought this was like really good, Colleen. I'm kind of in the same boat as you, and I didn't mean that as a pun. It just kind of came out. Uh, I didn't remember. Damn, it. that's a good yeah. one. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> In the uh, same I ghost boat. I didn't remember it uh, that much either, but there are parts of it that came back, and there are parts that, had I watched the sub first, I probably would have remembered better. But we can talk about those a little later on. Yeah, there were parts that we found as if they were underneath our feet. It was a golden surprise. Um, oh dear, so. this is just going to be a punny episode, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Um... So, uh, Conan's very blunt on his tease for today's episode. He just says, today's case is the first made-for-TV two-part original story. You already covered that, Conan. You don't need to repeat it. Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> episode begins with villagers discovering a damaged boat the day after the storm. They recognize it as a lost boat that went missing seven years ago. The mayor then tells them to retrieve it and says that the boat should have one billion yen worth of gold bullion on it. However, they find there nothing out on the boat, and one of them believes that it's a ghost ship. Ooh, Ooh, spooky. We then see a man in the distance looking through binoculars at them, and that's when we get the title card. Uh, Colleen, are you scared? Are you afraid of ghosts? Are you like Ron? Uh, no, not really. Although when you did say ghost ship, I thought, what a like perfect day to do this episode, right? Yeah, we're recording on Halloween. My power's out, so I'm yeah. actually using my cell phone reception to tether that to my laptop, which is that shows real currently at 85%, so we'll see if we can make it through the episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have a countdown on, guys. Yeah, so we have a count- So we won't go too long, we know that much. That's um, right. Yeah, a perfect day to do that, and you know, when I was thinking about Ghost Ship... I was thinking about like 
shipping uh two characters like a like a like, like a ron uh, and like maybe a ghost like a ghost ship like uh. casper yeah oh there who would casper date on a uh, conan on conan uh, maybe ayumi ayumi yeah casper or, and ayumi. what about suzu what about this little girl in the episode oh yeah she needs somebody yeah yeah, yeah it's I'll, obvious I'll ship them. <laughs> although actually this may surprise you I think I'm totally on, on, in on ship, shipping Suzu and Conan. Oh, really? I think they're very cute together. So yeah. this episode convinced you, huh? Yeah, Ron, you're out. We don't need you anymore. Oh, dear. Suzu's in. Suzu is in. Okay. <laughs> She's cool. Cuts to Ron, Kogoro, and Conan aboard a sh- boat going to Shiki Island. And they've all been invited there to uh, see a presentation. Conan asks about the ship that recently appeared in the town hall assistant named Kinoshita. Says that the whole town is buzzing about the incident. The mayor's very happy about it because it brought the town some notoriety. And uh, Koger is just really loving that people know him all the way out on this small island. So he's really excited. and I'm excited for him. I know, he's getting so famous, the sleeping Kogoro. I love that. I don't know if that annoys people, but I, I love that he gets all this attention from uh, the hard work that Conan puts into the cases. Oh, it's perfect. He loves it. Like, everybody wins in this scenario. Otherwise, like, Kogoro would just, like, constantly be getting drugged and, like, concussed for no reason. So I feel like at least he gets something out of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's perfect because he's just so egotistical. So even if he doesn't remember anything, he's just like, of course I did that. Like, yay, I'm famous. <laughs> like, I just love it. We then see a man drop his binoculars and then go inside the boat. We're told that the man works for a travel agency in Tokyo that wants to start a ghost ship tour. Everybody then arrives at the island and we get a big greeting party for Kogoro. And he's just thrilled to be there. He's taking it all in. And the, the mayor, his name's Mikami, and he introduces himself. He welcomes everybody to the island. And that's when the small girl, Suzu, appears. And she voices her disappointment, saying that she thought a famous detective would look cooler. <laughs> Total diss to Kogura here. Yeah, Kase. Kogura's like, you little brat. And then he learns that it's the mayor's daughter, so he has to play nice with her. He, like, pats her head or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then Suzu immediately takes an interest in Conan. And she says that he has a strange name. Then she introduces himself. And uh, she says that it's trendy today to date a younger boy now. Mm-hmm. This, this was back in 1997. So I have to ask, Colleen, is it still trendy in 2019 to date a younger boy? If it is, then I'm very uncool. I usually go for the opas, the older gentlemen. Not too old, obviously, but oh. but uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I should take my dating advice from Suzu. She seems to know what's in. I don't. She seems happy. Yeah, she knows what's up. Uh, she's also probably the like the only then... girl on this island, so no wonder she's interested in Conan. Like, <laughs> she, he's the first boy she's seen ever. Yeah, there's no other kids on this poor island. Yeah. The guy from the travel agency introduces himself as uh, Yohara, and the mayor says that he's happy to accommodate him. He then asks to go see the ghost ship, and he just walks right inside it. Meanwhile, Conan points out how few barnacles are actually attached to it for a ship that's supposed to have been sunk. And Koger is like, 
Well, it's a ghost ship. Duh. Duh. Of course there's no barnacles. I love how he states it like it's fact. Like, science says that it wouldn't have barnacles on it. It doesn't make sense. You wouldn't expect a ghost ship to have barnacles. Yep, so Kogoro obviously is the genius of the show. He's the best. He's he's such a great character. We then see the mysterious man with uh, binoculars again, and we learn that it's Hamada who works at the lighthouse. We then see Kogoro and the mayor enjoying quite a few drinks later that day, while Ron and Kona enjoy their meal. The mayor then asks Kogoro if he can help him figure out where the ship was sunk. Kogoro explains that finding the gold doesn't mean it will com- become his, as the government will likely claim some of it. Of Kogoro declines. Yeah, Kogoro. <clears throat> Kogoro declines it at first, and then the mayor just offers him ten percent of what the island winds up receiving, and Kogoro is <laughs> instantly in once money's involved. Yeah, he's like, "Where do I sign up?" Kaneshita then explains what happened seven years ago. They received an SOS, but the signal disappeared before they could be rescued. Uh, the next day, the owner of the boat washed ashore, but nothing else was found. No other people and nothing of the boat. The owner of the gold was the uh, deceased uh, boat captain, and he was in danger of being arrested for tax evasion. So I love this guy. Like He's going to be arrested on tax evasion. He puts all of his money into gold and then just goes on selling. Like That's so cool to me. Yeah, I don't know if uh, he went to a financial advisor before he did that, but uh, I'm probably not going to go to that one. Just sounds, uh, I don't know, sounds wrong. I love it. I, I love that one. <laughs> so so that's, uh, that's your plan, your five-year plan. Yeah, if I ever get into a bunch of trouble, I'm just taking out a boat, I'm getting all my money in gold, and I'm selling away. Prior to Kogoro's lecture, Conan finds the Water Army Reference Hall. And that's when he finds some, uh, like, samurai general armor. Kaneshita walks into the room and reveals that everything in the room is part of their heritage. As 400 years ago, the water army escaped to the island. However, the residents of the island attacked them to get the bounty that was on their heads. And they were all cornered into a cave on the island and killed. Since then, many bad things have happened and people believe that the island is cursed. As such, they've built a shrine to combat it. However, several people have seen ghosts wearing the Water Army armor in the forest near the cave. So That's before creepy. you go on, it is creepy. But I'm so happy to see Water Army in your notes because we obviously watch the same sub. Because as a child of the 90s, as someone who grew up obsessed with Pokemon, putting an element in front of any type of other word automatically gets me excited. So I'm just like, you know, water type attack, water army. And I don't know if that's actually like the correct term. Like they could have said, you know, navy or warships, but they chose water army. And I, I love it. It's hilarious to me. I don't know. If you yeah, the same I, I looked this up online, Colleen. Okay. okay. Oh, you did the research this week. Yeah. So the water army had to flee onto this island. You know who uh, defeated them? The grass army. Oh, no way. <laughs> It was either them or the the lightning army. The lightning army. Yeah, not the fire army. They, they'd suck in this no, battle. No, they totally destroyed the fire army. <laughs> oh, man, I, I'm just picturing a bunch of squirtles in, like, samurai oh, gear now. yes. And, of course, war turtles, like, at the helm. With... <laughs> oh, hell yeah. 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, five years ago, a professor came to study the cave, and he went missing after a ghost attacked. The mayor's daughter then arrives and says that the professor most likely looked in the cave, found nothing, and then left. She then grabs Conan, and they see the lighthouse keeper. She says that he's a strange loner that goes into the cave a lot, and then the travel agent comes by, and he recognizes uh, the light uh, lighthouse keeper, and he calls him Aoki, and he says that he'll expose his true identity. So something's going on here, Colleen. Did you have any strong suspicions early on of like something was up at this point i didn't know what was going on is the the story seemed really convoluted to me like there was some professor guy and the ship and all the and these two guys like i was still kind of waiting for a little bit some more clues i don't know how, yeah. how did you feel i didn't figure anything out until the second episode yeah, but yeah i same. really I really liked all the history of the island because it makes it feel more like a real lived-in place. And this might even be a real island for all I know. I didn't mm-hmm. Google it. But uh, I just like that little bit of history. It just makes it seem so much cooler. Like we're getting some Japanese folklore and the legends of the, the water army. All that stuff's cool and kind of yeah. builds the case to be bigger than what it, I like. When there's kind of like a, a local superstition or legend. And we kind of saw that in some previous cases on Conan. So I like when that kind of reappears. Yeah, it's really and great. And the, the, you, you always know when they go into the Japanese folklore. Because you get editor's notes trying to explain it for us <laughs> Westerners. Yeah. <laughs> I love all the sub notes. Yeah. They're always great. Um, so it's time for Kogoro's big speech, Colleen. And, uh, Here we go. He's completely plastered just falls i can't can't say i'm surprised like come on we all knew that this is coming god yeah and the mayor notices it so he's like oh yeah let's give him a hand so he like cuts (laughs) off his speech and then kegger is tasked with grabbing the string of i guess it's a party ball do you know a good name for what those things are no too bad we don't have an asian correspondent here today it reminded me of the smash brothers item so th- this is what i had to oh, look up okay. so i looked up smash brothers ball items come out and it's just called the party ball in smash brothers so i'm using party ball okay I, cool that, that was my research i was trying to figure out what the hell that thing was named <laughs> and the best thing i found was and, a smash brothers item yeah it's probably better than using the actual japanese name that neither of us could pronounce conan suddenly smells gasoline and that's when Kigoro pulls the string and it just ignites, it falls on the stage and it lights it on fire and it also falls on Ken- on Kigoro's butt. So he gets a Damn. burnt butt. Yeah. <laughs> so God bless whoever wrote the Conan wiki entry for this part because they said something like, uh, Kigoro's butt caught fire, but good thing he was saved. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, he was saved. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah, Ron and everybody grab a bunch of fire extinguishers, so they put it out. So, Kegger is okay. But the crowd starts freaking out. They think it's the Water Army curse. However, Conan finds an explosive uh, when he's looking at the residue. And so he knows it was an attempt to kill Kogoro. 
Hmm. You know what I just thought of? Water army curse, but it was a fire attack. There's something not right here. Yeah, that's how he knew it wasn't. See, if it was like a water balloon and he just got soaked, then he yeah. wouldn't know. Oh, it's the water army attacking. That's right. The mayor winds up apologizing to Kogoro and says it was a terrible accident. Kogoro then says that uh, the mayor just doesn't want the police to arrive as he wants all the gold for himself. And that's when the mayor kind of takes a turn in his personality. Yeah. He starts to threaten Kogoro's safe departure if he doesn't help out. And then we get my favorite line of the whole episodes here where Ron just says, Looks like we've come to an island full of psychos. That's literally every place you go, Ron. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, if you go to the beach, it's a beach full of psychos. If you go to, like, a, a nice little cottage, it's a cottage full of psychos. You cannot escape psychos. It's so true. Even if she goes to, like, a nice little ra- uh, restaurant to visit her mother, it's a restaurant filled with psychos. Yeah. Yeah, she uh, she's obviously not hanging out with the right people. Maybe if she lived with her mom, it'd be different. Yeah. I always, I always wondered why she lives with Kogoro and not with Eri. I don't know. I think it's because Kogoro can't take care of himself. Okay, that would make sense, yeah. Because she does all the cooking and cleaning there, so I think she, she lives with him because of that. Oh, okay, so she's taking like, she's a pity on him. Yeah, oh, okay. Good girl. Uh, Kinoshita apologizes for the mayor's actions, but he says that he just wants to turn the city into a tourist attraction very badly. He then tells Kogoro that he can take him to the mainland tomorrow via a small fishing boat. However, Kogoro refuses and says that he won't be running from petty threats as that will tank his reputation. And then we get this nice little scene where Conan, for possibly the first time ever in the series, is just so proud of Kogoro. Besides, like, maybe the case where um, he solves his, like, reunion, college reunion. But Conan's so proud of Kogoro for standing up and having a backbone here, not backing yeah. down. Yeah, it was such a nice moment. I was smiling. It's just like a feel-good moment. Indeed. Uh, Conan then asks what kind of person Hamada is, and we learned that he appeared after the boat accident, and that he said he was looking for work. They had a vacancy at the lighthouse, and they hired him to do that job. Later that night, Conan sneaks out to the lighthouse, and then he's grabbed from behind. But it's just Suzu. She's playing with him. Uh, They then hide in a bush, and they get real close, which Suzu starts to blush over. And uh, that's when they see the travel agent. Uh, He comes out of the lighthouse, and they're like, what was he doing? They then sneak into the lighthouse, and they find it to be a total mess, totally ransacked as the guy was searching through it. Conan then smells gasoline and finds an empty jug, so it turns out that he had uh, done the attack that lit poor Kogura's butt on fire. Um, and then they start looking for more stuff. They find a telescope up top. Suzu says it's pointed toward the mountain. And that's when Conan realizes that the boat's name is written on the telescope. Which, if you're trying to make that a secret, why would you write the boat's name right on it? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I also loved how Suzu was like, Oh, it's pointed to the mountain. That's boring. <laughs> like, okay. Because well, the sea is so much more sea. interesting. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, like, for logical reasons, because you're a lighthouse, not because you're bored of the mountains. Sorry. <laughs> so Conan believes that Hamada is connected to the boat and is trying to hide something. 
Conan then runs back because he realizes that Ron and Kogoro are alone. And that's when we see Kogoro. He wakes up to an armored figure with a sword. But we know that he's not actually trying to, like, attack Kogoro. Because instead of, like, trying to attack Kogoro, he, like, constantly taps his foot against his, uh, like, sleeping futon. So he wakes up. I thought that was so hilarious. (laughs) Because of all the things that you could do when you're in this really... Uh, scary looking armor. You're not gonna tap someone with your foot, just like boop boop. <laughs> but it somehow works, of course, in this show. It did, it did. Uh, so Kogoro wakes up to the armored figure with a sword, and then it starts running away after waking up Bron and Kogoro. Kogoro chases after the suit of armor, but he complains about his sword butt, and he can't quite catch up to him. <laughs> he then corners him near the boat. And that's when he gets knocked out from behind. Conan arrives back, and the the fire bell at the harbor starts ringing. Everybody gathers there, and that's when they find Kogoro getting arrested for the death of the Lightkeeper. They then find Hamada dead in the suit of armor with a sword sticking out of his chest. Ouch. Kogoro is found knocked out to uh, knocked out right next to it, and he's blamed for the murder. Kogoro is claiming his innocence, but nobody's believing him except for Conan and Ron. And that's how the first part of the episode ends. Kogoro, possibly a murderer, Colleen. I knew it all along. Yep. I do, I do have to say, I don't feel like they get blamed enough as a possible suspect. They kind of just give, like, Ron and Conan and Kogoro a pass, like, 90% of the time. When usually they're the most suspicious people. Because death just follows them. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Megare will comment on it, like, oh, you're here again, Kogoro, la-di-da, but you're totally right, they never get in trouble. What if the great twist of the series is that Kogoro is the mastermind behind the Black Black Organization? organization, yes. (laughs) He's just pretending to be knocked out. That'd be even better than Agasa being the ringleader. Yeah, I like that. So we uh, get the next Conan's hint, which is gunshot wound. And then uh, it says, the next episode has an unexpected conclusion. And then Ginta pops in and he says, I'm the culprit. And Conan's like, not you, Ginta. <laughs> this uh, is I love like these the... little gags here. Yeah, well, and Ginta's obviously trying to get more screen time. I remember there was one uh, when we did the Haiji introduction episode and Genta's like, and it's me, Genta. I'm your rival. So this time he just <laughs> wants to be the culprit. <laughs> Yeah, Genta's such a good comic foil for these little gags. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what do you think of the first ep- first part of this episode? Like, it really left me like on edge, wanting to see what everything happened because we see so many like uh, pieces start like going in motion, but we don't really have any firm ideas where anything's going. That was a really great like first episode. Yeah, it. Uh, I don't know about you, but it had a kind of like a Scooby Doo setup for me because you have like this paranormal kind of thing happening and there's someone in a suit of armor so you want Conan to like unmask the suit of armor and find absolutely that's what i wanted (laughs) at the end of this episode (laughs) yes that has to happen uh but and i liked to well i didn't like seeing kogoro get in trouble but um i think this might be one of the first episodes i can't recall if we've seen this already where he does get um blamed for something yeah i think it's the first i could be wrong it, 
I know there's definitely other episodes that are based around that, but I don't think we've hit yeah. one yet. So I believe yeah. it's the first. But it definitely changes the dynamic because Kogoro is usually there to solve the cases, but he's rarely the suspect. So it uh, it ended on a almost like a cliffhanger, if you want to call it that. Yeah, really good cliffhanger. And like, like you mentioned, this is a really unique format for the show with its kind of like one-off location you know we've got the the mystery we've got a lot of backstory of the island a really cool setup here and then we get the uh, little tease at the beginning of part two where canon says today's case involves one billion yen of gold and we already knew that not not your best yeah. opening <laughs> duh although i did look up how much one billion yen would be in american dollars and it's how much is it it's a little less than 10 million dollars so it's like nine million good bit of money yeah it's a chunk of change but it ain't no yeah billion. this guy had a lot of money and it just he was really pulling off that tax evasion damn yeah we can learn something from him i i, I do not i do not uh, condone that by the way just for the record well i think if we both do it it's double jeopardy so i think i'll take the blame you can get off with it oh, i'm sure okay. that's how oh, it works thank you what a gentlemanly yeah, I'm a sweetheart. What can I say? <laughs> so the second part of the episode begins with the mayor chastising Kogoro for committing murder. He's like, I know this guy sucked, but how could you kill him? Yeah. Oh, well, isn't he like, oh, maybe, maybe it wasn't in this sub, but he says something like, uh, I think in the dub, he says, I know you're a famous detective, but that doesn't give you the license to kill anybody. <laughs> <laughs> the license to kill. License yeah, to kill. Suddenly like... becomes James Bond. Oh, Kogoro would love to be James Bond. He's raising his hand for the next audition. Oh, Kogoro just wants to be like Lupin the Third so bad. True. I can see it. But who doesn't want to be Lupin the Third? That's true. Kinoshida says that the armor Hamato is wearing is the one that is displayed in the reference hall, and that it must be the curse of the Water Army. Yes. The mayor dismisses it. <laughs> you get so excited with the Water Army. I do. <laughs> See, if it was like some random Japanese army, not that exciting. But the water army? The water Put army. Put that element in. You love yeah. it. Water clone jutsu. All that stuff. <laughs> Conan examines the body and finds a ripped sleeve and then rope marks all over his arm. He then finds wounds, uh, small cuts all over his arm as well. And Kenoshita says that a child shouldn't be looking at such things. <laughs> um, which... I, I found that so funny given how many murders he's already seen, or rather how many corpses he's seen. But this guy's like, no, this is too gruesome for your young eyes. I was like, okay. Yeah, and I I didn't have anything figured out here yet, but I really like, like, just going back through the episode and what happened, because Kinoshita winds up being the culprit. I love his little actions here. (laughs) I love his actions where he's, like, trying to get conan you know not to look at it and then the day prior he was setting it up so kogura would get off the island that first night because he just didn't want the detective there yeah oh definitely. so like we see all these small little things where it's like oh this guy's clearly acting with reason so it's just really solid writing it's not like they had to like just randomly threw him in as the villain they carefully set it up i liked it yeah from the beginning so if you ever rewatch it knowing that he's the culprit you can pick up on those things that you just mentioned like it's really good 
Kanan then goes inside the boat, and that's where he finds a bunch of blood, so that means that's where Hamada was killed. Ron calls the police officer over, and that's when Kanan just knocks out Kogoro with his wrist gun in plain daylight. Like, 20 people surrounding him. And he just, he shoots shot, man. No witnesses. <laughs> Kogoro then explains that Hamada was dead long before he got there, and that the blood being dry proves it. So that means that he had been killed for three or four hours. Whoever attacked him is actually the murderer, not him. He then says that Hamada was tortured, as they can see by the rope marks and the small cuts on him. He then says that Hamada, he was on the ship when it was lost. And then he says that the telescope shows that. And then Suzu asks how he knows all this. <laughs> because, like, he shouldn't know any of this. Yeah. And uh, so Kogoro just says, that's what a great detective, the, a great detective knows everything. Yeah, the really Conan good stumbles up. there, yeah. I was like, uh-oh, Suzu's got it. Yeah, I like Suzu, man. She's, she's keeping Kenan on his, on his toes. Absolutely. Uh, this convinces the residents of his innocence, and they say that he says that Hamada was likely guarding the location of the gold. Uh, he attacked Kogoro because he was afraid that he was going to discover the treasure, However, one other person is also searching for the treasure, and that's the travel agent. And then we get this great scene where Ron, Ron goes up to Kogro, and she's like, oh, I'm so proud of you for getting out of that situation. And he wakes up, and he's like, I'm innocent! I didn't do it! <laughs> she's yeah. like, we know, Dad. But again, nobody notices. <laughs> like He goes from this very eloquent, detective-like person to, oh, it wasn't me. Like, it's super obvious. <laughs> Conan makes Kogoro seem like way cooler than he actually is because he always has these like these deep lines of thinking like this is why murder's never okay like at the end of cases and stuff and then he's just a stumbling drunk any other time yeah yeah well now thinking about it if Kogoro ever did go for the James Bond audition he'd audition he'd he'd have to be sleeping Kogoro so Conan can speak through him right (laughs) Oh man, I I need to see Kagura say like shaken, not stirred, and oh, yeah. throw out some Bond one-liners now. Well, he's already an alcoholic, so he's perfect. How, why has this not happened yet? What if he like tries to put on a uh, a uh, Sean Connery accent? <laughs> Can you do a Sean Connery accent? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, uh, my my connection's cutting out, Colleen. I don't know what you're saying there. <laughs> Oh, can you yeah, do yeah. a Sean Connery accent? Oh, weird. It was, as soon as you say, can you do, it just breaks up there. I don't know what uh, what your request is. So we're just going to continue on, and I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to sound like Sean Connery. Oh, ha ha. <laughs> so uh, the officers then go to where the travel agent is staying, and they're super nervous because they're small town island cops, and they've never made an arrest. And so Kinoshita's like, guys, I'll handle it. It's my duty. I brought this guy to the to this island, so I'll get him off. I'll make him turn himself in. Five minutes pass, and then they hear a gunshot. They run inside, and then that's when we see that Kinoshita was shot in his arm. And we see the agent running through the back doors and running away. And that's when Conan notices burn marks from the bullet wound that grazed Kinoshita. And that's... I mean, it was pretty obvious at this point. Yeah. But uh, that's when I was like, this motherfucker, he shot himself. Yeah. 
It was. Is uh, that when you figured it out too? It was. <laughs> I think we were like on the same wavelength for this episode, and I found it was one of the easier t- uh, Conan hints to follow along with, because gunshot wound, the guy shot himself. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, clear like, last episode. Whereas, like, it's this random ass mirror. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> a road mirror. It's like what? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we then overhear the guards hunting for the agent, and Kegaro says that he's likely hiding in the cave. However, everybody's just terrified of the water army. They don't want to go in there. Yes, sorry. Conan doesn't think that the agent did it, so he has uh, no reason to search the because he would have no reason to search the lighthouse if he knew where the gold was. Conan then finds moss on the boat, which means that it was kept on land and never actually sunk. He then takes a look at the telescope, and that's when he spots the cave. Uh, Suzu then finds Conan. They decide to go together to the cave via a secret passage. But okay, this is probably the she best has, <laughs> She has a little stipulation. Uh-huh. She won't just take him with a pretty please. She's, nope. She wants him to ass with that mouth. Mm-hmm. She's like, Conan, what that mouth do? And uh, she wants to kiss his payment. First, she wants it right on the lips, and Conan's too embarrassed. And then he agrees to kiss her on his cheek, so we get a little... We get Conan's first kiss here. Wait, has Ayumi kissed him already, though? She kissed him, okay. but he never kissed her. Oh, right, okay. So I think this counts as his first... He's been kissed. Everybody's been kissed. Because mother, your mother will kiss you. But this was Conan's first smooch going for it with a with a girl yeah good so. thing ron wasn't around yeah exactly she'd be jealous yeah man just i'm just thinking about like how he how quickly he kissed this girl and how long it takes him in the series to kiss ron right <laughs> well because this is like a throwaway kiss he's like okay i just want something from this girl okay that, or... that came out wrong but <laughs> wow yeah that's why i think a lot of people kiss girls but i think he was overwhelmed with true love because he knows Suzu deep down is the one that's perfect for him. Oh, that's right. That's, that's why, why you're shipping them. Her. Yeah. Wow. You know why he doesn't kiss Ron? Because they're not meant to be. Something tugs at him even when he's Jimmy. Not Jimmy Kudo. Shinichi. <laughs> <laughs> when he's Shinichi, even when they're together, when things are getting hot and heated, there's something at him saying, no, she's not the one. It's Suzu. You got to turn back into a kid and marry Suzu. Don't tell me that. As a loyal Shinichin Ran follower, I uh, I don't want to hear that. Uh, <laughs> the the dub, okay, this is my one dub comparison for this podcast. Ooh. The dub makes Suzu out to be a lot more promiscuous than uh, the Japanese sub did. Because oh, af- really? after Conan kisses her on the cheek, she's like, oh, I've had better. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> I was like, from oh, what where? A tramp like, she there is. are no other kids on this <laughs> island. <laughs> oh no, that's very sad then. Yeah. If she's had better, and there's no other kids on the island, it's like the mayor, <laughs> her dad. Oh, no, I don't think that's where it's coming from. This took a dark turn, Colleen. Oh dear. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so she takes Conan to the entrance, and he surprises her by saying that he's going to enter the water army cave. And uh, she's clearly scared, so she decides to hold on to Conan, and she walks in with him. 
And that's when we see a dark figure that comes from behind the corner and he's following behind them. They run inside and they see a little like, uh, uh, kind of like a little chest or something there. And, uh, she says that Hamada used to tend to the cave and that's when they hear a big loud noise and they think it's the curse of the water army driving them out. But, uh, kind of moves. (laughs) The water army rocks. They do, man. Maybe they're more like the wind army though, it turns out. Because kind of moves the desk. And that's when he reveals that the voice they were hearing was actually the wind echoing through the cave. Not a ghost army. Ghost army. Yep. It's all throughout this episode. <laughs> Just Kenan <type>. finds man-made steps. <laughs> Kenan finds man-made steps behind them. And uh, while they're walking down them, they suddenly collapse. And uh, I like how Kenan doesn't bother to like even look around where he ended up. He's just like, huh, more moss. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah, he's so, so he's focused. Like, <laughs> so he figures out this was where the uh, boat was being kept. Suzu then shows Conan the cave's exit, and Conan realizes that the storm must have opened the entrance further. Conan believes that the boat was being stored here until that storm happened, and then it just kind of drifted astray. Suzu then screams, and Conan runs over to find the dead body of the travel agent. Looks like a suicide at first, but Conan knows that isn't the case. So a lot of a lot of deaths here, Colleen. This is the second murder that happened. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. That's yeah, that, even a lot by what, Conan standards. Yeah, that's what happens when a billion yen's on the line. Yeah, that's true. Money makes people do bad things or, or good as somebody, things. As somebody could say. The gold that stirred the greed of humans. But what will happen to it? I have a little, little line from his closing dialogue there. Um, so. They are confronted by none other than the old guy. I'm trying to find my... See, I, I scrolled down on my notes to find that stupid line. Because I thought it'd be cool to quote it. It was very cool. And, and then I lost my place on my notes. Which wasn't as cool. Uh, we see the police take a phone call, and that's when they learn that the fishery has allowed them to take a boat to go to the Water Army's cave. Kogo and Ron then head towards the location, and that's when suddenly we see uh, none other than Kenoshida talking to Conan and Suzu. He says that the agent must have realized that there was nowhere to run and had committed suicide. He then says that the kids, uh, he saw the kids come in, and so that he followed them to make sure they were safe. Then tells him to come back to the village with him. And that's when Conan's like, nah, this guy's been killed. Conan reveals that the wound on his right temple is worse than the one on the left, meaning the bullet entered through the left side, yet the gun was in his right hand, so it's badly set up to look like a suicide. Kenoshita then is like, oh, the jig's up. So he, <laughs> he just goes full evil guy mode where he laughs. Yeah. He's like, ha ha ha. That was and then so he grabs scary. the gun. It was so scary. And the music in the background was like, I was like, okay, (laughs) clenching my pillow. I do not want to see this guy in my nightmares. He grabs the gun. He just pulls it straight on the kids. This guy's a dick, Colleen. Totally. But now he's going to go over his master plan. So he's like classic anime villain. Just like, and this is why I did it. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I'm going to kill you. But first, let me uh, do some exposition. That's right. Uh, Conan says that he noticed that he shot himself earlier from the burn marks on his shirt. 
And that's when Kaneshita admits to killing Hamada earlier. And he says that he found his telescope while looking for gold on his own time. Hamada, you dumbass. Why'd you write the name of the ship like you'd forget about it on that telescope? Yeah. He then calls the mayor greedy. And that's when Suzu says that Kaneshita is actually the one that's greedy. As he had been embezzling the town's money. I like how, like, this has nothing to do with the rest of the story. But, like, they have to make this guy even more of a dirtbag. Like, he just killed two people. And then they're like, oh, he's also an embezzler. Yeah. yeah. It just came out of nowhere. Like, and how do you know that, Suzu? Like, are you eavesdropping on your dad's meetings? Maybe she's a little detective. Oh, she's the island's detective. She's the island's Conan. Aw. Aw. That's why they're perfect together. That's what, by the end of this episode, Colleen, you'll be on the sh- the ghost ship train of Suzu and Ken. Uh, I think that's going to be just you on that train. I even gave them a name. It's Kozu. <laughs> All good ships have an official name, so it's Kozu. So what's, Sh- what's Shinichi and Ron's name? I think it's Shinron. Shinron. See, that's pretty yeah. good. It Although is pretty good. Kozu's cute too. Damn. See? <laughs> See? There's a lot of good options there. A lot of options for love on this Detective Canon podcast. Yeah, it's not just about murder and embezzling money. There's romance too. Something yeah, for it's everybody. Finding the right one for you. Exactly. Yeah. Kanashita says he was worried about uh, a great detective being here, and that's why he tried to frame him. However, he underestimated Kogoro. Uh, actually, he didn't underestimate Kogoro. He underestimated uh, Conan. Yeah. Because he even says, like, oh, I just thought he was a bumbling fool. Um, yeah, you're kind of <laughs> right there. Yeah. <laughs> he was able to get Hamada to come clean, and we learned that Hamada had wanted the gold for himself, and he actually pushed the owner and the travel agent overboard on the ship, so the three of them had snuck out with the billion yen. And uh, his real name is Aoki. And that the entrance of the cave collapsed after a storm. He then stayed at the village for years and he killed the professor to create a curse. He even burned his own face so he wouldn't be recognized. So he was pulling out all the stops there. And uh, Kenoshita is about to kill Conan and Suzu. And Conan's like, hey, did you find the gold yet? And mm-hmm. it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> It kind of goes, it'll take somebody as steep as you a million years to find it. And then Conan says it's right beneath him. And so he looks down and that distracts him long enough that Conan's able to put up his shoes to max power. And he then kicks a piece of the stairs at him, knocks him out. And that's when Conan reveals that the stairs were made out of gold, which is pretty cool. Psych. Uh, Suzu then hugs Conan. She says that she loves her man. And uh, the cave mm-hmm. starts to collapse. Mm-hmm. See, their their love was so powerful that they caused like an earthquake, Colleen. Right. Isn't that relationship goals? Hmm. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm trying hard to come up with something to uh, go against this, but I'm not finding it. You can't argue it. You can't argue. Kozu, man. Kozu. Everybody loves it. <laughs> the fans are getting behind it. Hashtag Kozu. Uh, Conan gives Suzu a board and uh, he grabs Kenoshita. And then we see that all three of them are able to escape before the cave 
well, caves in on a uh, sorry. drifting aboard. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even me trying that. to be a pun. I, I just ran out of words and I'm, I have a bad vocabulary. Oh, that's just awesome. The puns live on. Yeah, this was a punny episode. Um, yep. Kenny reveals that retrieving the gold would uh, actually cost over 1 billion yen. So it looks like it's just going to stay buried forever now. Um, and the kids are rescued by Koguro. And uh, they get on the boat. And that's when Conan has his deep introspective line. He says, in the end, the gold that stirred the greed of humans has returned to the earth. Very and nice. We get my, my, my favorite scene here. Conan gets hit by Koguro after the credits. Because uh, Koguro's mad at him. He's like, you could have died. And Suzu protects her love she kicks kogro in his burnt butt oh no <laughs> and then she says what do you think you're doing to my conan yeah they're perfect they're it's perfect cute. together they're perfect conan kicks things she kicks things i'm seeing yeah i'm seeing the connection here it's true man what a cute what a cute couple i, I really liked her inclusion on the case because I think if this case didn't have her on it, it would lose a lot of the charm. Oh, yeah, probably. You know, I love that all their interactions have been really cute. I love her, like, flirting with Conan and him not... He just is so uncomfortable by it. Yeah. And especially when she's, like... I like how at the very beginning she's like, oh, I'm older than you. And it's like, oh, if you only knew, Susie, if you only knew. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You're actually in the older guys. Oh, uh, that's true. <laughs> so she's not in either. She's going against mm-hmm. her own rule. I do kind of That's wish, true. though, that Ron teased him a little bit more, but she kind of just ignored the whole Kozu thing going on. Yeah, I wish I wish we got to see a little bit of that, but uh, seems like she didn't notice it. No. Uh, we get the next countenance hint, which is paint. So we'll remember that next time. And then we get another Ginta appearance. Because <laughs> it's like a Godzilla episode next time. And- yes. Ginta goes, next time, the great monster Ginta appears, and then he yells out his favorite food in, like, a, like a Godzilla roar. Yeah. Roar. yeah. <laughs> oh, Ginta. You can always count on him for a laugh. Yeah, we'll, we'll have two episodes next week, so that should be exciting. I'm going to figure out what they're called here real quick. They are the Big Monster Gamera murder case, and then the third fingerprint murder kit how do you have three fingerprints i mean i I guess we'll find out but uh you'd think i'd remember a third fingerprint i guess an interesting one yeah well how do you have two fingers okay never mind oh wait (laughs) math i guess we have wait we have 10 fingers so would each one of them have their own unique fingerprint yeah, yeah, they do. If any doctors are listening to this podcast, please write in. <laughs> hey, I played the CSI game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, <laughs> I thought there was going to be more. I thought you were going to. Like no, I don't know anything about fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know that at Universal, at the theme park, they make you, they make you scan your fingerprint. So you're not like conning their fast pass thing. Really? So, Do they get yeah, like an iris scan and everything? No, they don't get that far. But I, they kept not yelling yet. at me because because they were like, "Hold your finger like you did the first time," and I'm like, "I am," and then it wouldn't <laughs> show up. 
like too much pressure. Stop yelling well, at me. Very, they're very mean to me. Um, I only have three fingerprints. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure people have more than. I think every individual finger is a fingerprint. Yeah. I guess what about it's like. Prints? I guess it's like yeah. in the case there's two people that could possibly be, and then there's a third like mysterious fingerprint. I'm sure yeah, it'll get explained. That might be it. That might be it. I like these cases' names better than like. There was a period where like the anime originals were like very weirdly specifically named, like the seven twenty five on a Monday <laughs> afternoon murder case, and it's like what? That's a bit. That's a bit specific. Yeah. Like, am I supposed to watch it at that time too? Is that kind of the gist of that one? Maybe. Like, am I, mean, I supposed to watch this on a ghost ship? Because I ain't seeing a lot I wa- of those. That's why I waited. I specifically planned this. I when I started the podcast, I made sure we would do this on Halloween. Ah, so this was all you. in the planning here. Yeah, I'm. A, I like the plan ahead. What can I say? But uh, what do you think of this episode overall, Colleen? I thought it was a really strong two parter, and despite being an anime original, I thought this like lived up to all the rest of the two parters we've seen. Like maybe it's not on the same level as like uh, Kagura's reunion or. Um, well, I guess that's a, yeah, I think that was a two-parter, but like Moonlight Sonata was a one-hour special, but they're kind of the same thing, but it might not be on that top tier level, but I thought this was very good. Yeah, it was pretty strong. It was, uh, like, I have to admit, I've liked other anime originals more, but for the first two-part anime original, it wasn't that bad. Like once, I kind of enjoyed it watching it this time than when I originally watched it years back particularly because of the water army stuff but that's just me um i also liked uh the whole conan kogoro relationship growth and i don't know if people really thought of it the same way as i did but we basically see kogoro placed into an unfamiliar situation right like we've talked about it before but um how uh he never gets in trouble for being there even though he is equally yeah. a likely suspect right and um in this episode he gets in a lot of trouble like in some hot water and we see the juxtaposition between the islanders first welcoming him and uh, then basically turning against him and it's none other than conan who steps in to defend kogro interestingly also he does the deduction show before he even knows who the culprit is so that, I found that interesting. Yeah, we never really see like a mid-episode deduction show. Even like maybe Conan will put stuff together in his head, but he usually doesn't use Kogoro before that. So that yeah, that was a, a special circumstance, mid-show deduction yeah. show. And th- because of that, Conan gets to face off with the culprit. And there ha- there are other episodes where the culprit's like, oh, you know, little detective like they kind of know that it was conan all along that did it so it was a nice touch in this one um the other great conan kogoro moment that you mentioned was when uh kogoro basically says that he won't take the threats and like if he leaves the island it'll ruin his reputation as a detective and when we get the shot of conan beaming with pride at what kogoro said like i totally live for those moments because (laughs) i have to admit during and I know we're on the whole Kozu thing, but I'm just thinking to myself, this is 
father-in-law and son-in-law in the future Aww. and they're you know getting along for once so i uh, and i can't wait for that to happen it, it doesn't last though as he's back to punching him in the head yeah that's true <laughs> very very quickly afterwards. but that's a sign of affection <laughs> is it child abuse uh <laughs> it is for koguro <laughs> Yeah, so what did you think about it? Yeah, I, I thought it was excellent. I, I do have to say, I really want to tease you over when you said that you, you live for moments of, like, Conan and Kogro interacting. I was like, man, what a sad life. <laughs> okay, I live for a lot more than that, but it <laughs> they they definitely don't happen often, and when they do, I, I like it. I mean, they happen in the sense that they're always bullying each other, like... Kogro is either pounding poor Co- uh what did I say? Kogro is pounding poor Conan, and then Conan's. Wait, where where are you going with this? I'm He's not pounding oh, him. Gee, oh dear, did I say something <laughs> bad? Sorry. Okay, Co- Kogro like hits him. Archer's about to interrupt our podcast and say phrasing here. Oh gosh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. And uh, earlier you were saying about Suzu getting other kisses. Oh, well, that was in the dub. There's a I was just quoting. Here. I was just quoting there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like usually they're messing with each other. But here <laughs> it looked like Conan was genuinely proud of what Kogoro had to say. And Kogoro was saying it seriously, too, because usually something like that would follow up with a joke. But no, he was totally like, no, I'm not. I'm standing my ground. I'm staying on the island. So I thought it was great. Yeah, r- really great moments there between Conan and Kogoro. Totally agree with you. Uh, before we get out, I want to thank everybody for supporting the podcast. Uh, I, because of my power situation, we did get another iTunes review. And I'll quote it exactly next time. But basically it said, um, the people told me to do, leave this. They're okay. But they gave us five stars, so I was thankful. Um, and then some asshole calling, can you believe it? Give us a one-star review. Oh, no. They didn't say anything, but they gave us a one-star rating. I feel so like it's my fault. We're calling you out, brother. It's my fault. No. You're the you're the only one keeping us above two stars. Um, uh, if you but, uh, we had a... Oh, go on. Oh, I was going to say, like, if you guys have something specific to say to me, leave a five-star review and then say your negative comment. And then maybe I'll just <laughs> go away. That that's a surefire no, way no, to get no. me off the show. You're stuck now. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> shout out to our our listeners. Uh, we hit the five thousand download mark uh, earlier this week, so we're we're on that now. Currently at five thousand ninety nine downloads. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate the support. And uh, once again, begging for money. Um, <laughs> if, if you want to bankroll this podcast, get in touch. Maybe. Kyle can quit working overtime and actually do the podcast. Um, <laughs> or, you know, yeah. you and I, Tyler, why don't we just go find some sunken ship, get some treasure, and then there won't be any problems. Hmm, that sounds good. Okay. Sounds like a date. Okay. See you so this weekend. We'll go do that. All right. We'll go out <laughs> this weekend then. Um, but yeah, like great stuff. I do want to mention real quick, I'm not going to get into any spoilers. But uh, I watched the new Detective Conan movie, which is like 23rd. Uh, there's like a really rough fan translation out. It, there might even be a better one now. But I watched this one that was like full of errors. And uh, it was driving me crazy while I was watching because like, obviously I work as an editor. 
So when I, I'm seeing all these grammar errors, I'm like driving me crazy. And they kept calling Sonico by he instead of oh, she. No. That was driving me crazy. Um, Although that would but, be, you know, that would. That would be quite the reveal. Yeah. If that was that... like the big, big reveal that was. Um, but uh, yeah, sad, sad, sadly for anybody hoping Sonico does not have a sex change in the episode not happen but um i thought the movie was great there's a a lot of cool action scenes uh it revolves around uh sonica's boyfriend makoto and then he's a cool guy uh kaito kid is in there so we get to see them kind of battle a bit i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil too much but there's a lot of good action some really good fight scenes uh and the water army uh yeah no water army (laughs) there's a lot of water because they're in singapore and that's just a little like island, so that's completely surrounded by water. So water plays a important part of that plot. And then Ron gets a fantastic moment very late in the film that like just really won me over. But no, no spoilers or anything because we're gonna cover Detective Conan <laughs> movie twenty three in about like fifteen years. <laughs> when we reach it. Yeah. So soon enough. Well, but, I'm uh, excited. Yeah, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was really... It was probably my favorite Conan film of the last, like, five or six. Oh, I thought you meant ever. No, just recently, I think it's one of the better ones. Because I I feel like they've been going maybe overly action, and there's not really enough mystery. I thought they had a good blend here. And nothing got too over the top. The thing that takes me out of some of them is when they have Conan on his damn skateboard, and he's like... (laughs) jumping like 500 feet in the air and grinding rails and stuff and i'm yeah, like yeah. this is it's too much for me come on kevin um yeah. they they really, yeah, keep really that skateboard it. for the movies like he uses it sometimes yeah. in the series but it's the movies where the skateboard's the star for sure for sure but uh yeah that'll do it for today and uh we'll see you guys next week bye bye oh and remember one truth always prevails Oh, thank you, Soju.